Welcome back to the Beauty Brand Launchpad podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kaiser, and I am so excited for today's episode because we are doing another interview. And I can't remember the last time we've done an interview, and this one's gonna be a good one because we have Kayla from Educated Artistry, and she's gonna be sharing how she's used podcasting to grow and elevate her brand, and how she's gotten 20,000 downloads in the past six months. Like, this is crazy stuff. She's using TikTok, she's using Reels, and she's sharing her branding strategy with you to help grow your audience. So if you're interested in possibly creating a podcast, but you're not sure where to start, or if anyone's gonna listen, or anything else like that, you're really gonna get a ton out of this episode. So let's jump Welcome to the Beauty Brand Launchpad. I'm your host, Mark Kaiser, aka Mr. Mags, and here we're diving deep with tangible tips, tricks, and mindsets to take your beauty business to the next level so you can stop trading your time for money and start building your future. Because I truly believe that once you've equipped yourself with the knowledge of what's possible for your beauty brand and the steps of how to get there, it's just a matter of finding the path that best aligns with you. So come join me as we go through this journey together and have this be the launch pad for the beauty business of your dreams. All right. We've got Kayla with us. Kayla, welcome to the podcast. How's it going? Thank you. It is going great. Thanks for having me on. So I'm excited about this conversation because I think I've just never got to talk about podcasts with people. (laughs) And so I'm excited Mm -hmm. for you to jump on here because I think you come in with a unique experience. Um, And I think there's some things that we could pass along to the listeners as far as how to elevate their brand through podcasts and different things like that. But before we get into that, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you've been doing and how you got into podcasting? Yeah, well, I guess it all started in 2015 when I started lashing and um, the podcast, you know, I kind of been, I was a W2 employee for a year. I switched to booth renting and then I went into my own like salon suite and then I was in there with other girls and then I got my own salon and then now I have, you know, people leasing. So I've kind of done it all. Um, And the podcast was kind of born because I think it was 2019 and the podcast originally had a host when it first started. And we were just like, you know, there are things that people don't talk about in the lash industry that are really important or questions that need to be answered, you know, whether it comes to what kind of effects it huffing adhesive all day has on us, or, you know, really like just so many things what comes into the lash industry. So it really was created because we wanted to bring like tips and insight and a different perspective into the lash industry. And that's where the name educated artist came because it's really just like all have this like artistic side. That's why we got into lashes because we love the artistry part of it. And the business side seems to slap a little bit. So it was like, how can we combine the two and bring in, you know, educated artistry so we ha- can help people, you know, run these beauty business, still have their artistic side, but give them that education and that knowledge that is actually like for beauty businesses to where you don't really have to go on Google or YouTube and search for hours and hours to figure out, you know, well, how do I make this, you know, make sense with my business? And so that's kind of where it was born and, you know, where it kind of all started. And of course, during 2020, you know, the great, the great quarantine life. Uh, <laughs> and we, you know, and then my co-host had decided that the beauty industry no longer served her. So then it moved to just me doing it by myself. So that's kind of like where it's been. And I just, yeah. That's awesome. Well, I, the, the one thing that stood out to me with you just kind of telling your background and how you got started with the podcast is mm-hmm. you focused on the business side of thing, which I think is absolutely mm-hmm. crucial because you're not really taught the business side of things and you're kind of just thrown into it. 
Yeah. And that was something too. When I would talk with other artists and stuff and they'd be like, oh, you have to have a separate banking account, like a business account and stuff that I feel like I got lucky. My dad owns a business and I feel like I was just kind of surrounded by entrepreneurs and and I, I just kind of knew to get those things in order. And I, then when I started talking to other people, I'm like, wait, maybe this isn't common knowledge, you know, so let's make it common knowledge for everybody and teach them, you know, and, and help people get set up for success. That's awesome. That's awesome. So with your co-host leaving, did that kind of change like the dynamic of your podcast and how you're showing up and the topics you talked about? Um, you know, I feel like it definitely changed the dynamic for me. One, like, I, I don't think I've ever like talked about this, but I almost like quit the podcast. I wasn't going to do it anymore because I was like, I don't know if I could do this on my own. You know, it's a lot of work, you know, I'll be honest. It's a lot of work to, to, you know, write outlines, record, edit, like I do it all, you know, now I've, I've hired out like a virtual assistant to help with like, um, you know, Instagram and stuff like that, which is amazing, but it's a lot of work. So I was, you know, kind of like, do I want to take all of that on? Do I have the time for it? But I was really just like, I was so passionate about it. So it kind of changed the dynamic of one, just me like really stepping into my own versus having somebody to kind of lean on, especially when you're talking about really uncomfortable topics or controversial topics too. It's like kind of, usually when you have a co-host, you're like, I got a buddy, we're in this together. You know, if people get mad at us, but when it's you, it's like, okay, it's just you, you know? So um, I think that dynamic changed for me. If, if people listen to the first episode, like I probably spoke like two words. I barely spoke. I was so nervous and stuff. So it's kind of funny to listen back. Um, so I do think that that dynamic changed for me. And I, I think it was a good thing. It pushed me out of my comfort zone. So, well, let's talk about that a little bit more because I think, I think that's the crucial thing is even just listening to you now, like I would have never have guessed that you were scared to speak and things like that. Yeah. Cause you, you articulate yourself. Well, I was listening to your podcast yesterday about pre-made fans and I'm like, Oh, she's asking great mm-hmm. questions and everything else like that. And so tell me a little bit about like stepping out of your comfort zone and getting past those fears and becoming like the main host, I guess. I don't, you know, I think you just have to, you just, for me, it was just like, I just have to do it. And um, just put myself out there and really like at the end of the day, I'm like, what's the worst? Like, you know, and it happens with all sorts of social media platforms. It's like, someone's going to say they don't like you. They're going to, you know, say they don't like your lashes or they don't like your episode. (laughs) They unfollow you. It's like, okay. You know, and it's, it was just kind of, you know, just making sure that I'm staying true to myself. And I, I don't know, I just kind of had to push myself out of the comfort zone. And I think that happens, especially with pricing, you go into all those things. Once you do it, you have those fears that you're like telling yourself that are going to happen. And then when you do it and they don't happen, you're like, oh, okay. That wasn't as scary as I thought. And then if you, the more you do that and you practice that, I feel like you, you becoming like, you trust yourself a little bit more and to make those big changes or like to push yourself out of the comfort zone. Cause you're like, but I have all these other times when I was super scared and those things didn't happen. All those fears that I conjured up didn't actually come true. So I think for me, that's what it was just like pushing it out there. Absolutely. So did you ever have any of those like trolls or people saying like, I hate this episode, I'm unfollowing you. Like, has that ever happened? No, uh, not that I know of, you know, I'm trying to think back. I can't think of a specific time, but, um, yeah, I can't think of a specific time. Thankfully. I mean, you get people on, like, you could definitely get people disagreeing, you know, with your opinions and stuff, which that's like, you know, that's a beautiful thing about everyone having their own opinions. Um, but yeah, thankfully, uh, no, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed, knock it on wood. But, right. Like, uh, I think you bring up a good point though, because like, if you're not being somewhat polarizing with your content, 
I think you're just, if you're just vanilla in the middle of the road, you're not going to stand out. Like your brand is just going to get lost with everyone else. And so I almost see you being controversial as a good thing because yeah, you got to have that. Yeah, no. And I think it just, my thing is too, I want to get people thinking of like the different, you know, perspectives and stuff. And it's funny you said about it being vanilla. Cause I was just listening to your podcast this morning about branding and you talked about, you know, you don't want to be vanilla and like, you want to stand out and talk about some people are so scared to talk about controversial things. There's so many instances with like within the lash industry, whether it's getting the lashes wet, um, how to price your services, you know, that are super controversial, but until somebody does it, it's probably what everyone else is thinking. Just everyone's kind of scared to put it out there and do it. Yeah. It makes me think when Maggie, she took her, her course with lash makers. And I think this is like 2017. Mm -hmm. And the first thing that she said to the the class was like, Hey, I'm going to be telling you some things that probably go against what you've taught but just trust me and like go with it. And so Maggie did. And she's like, that was the best class. Like it changed everything for me. Like my volume game absolutely exploded from there because I, I trusted the person. And so it's almost, yeah, it's like getting out of your own way and being like, you don't know everything. Let's just figure it out, you know, test it out. See if someone's other opinion might be something you align with or works for you. And then kind of go from there instead of just shutting it off. Yeah. I love that, that she got that same like feeling from lash makers course, because I took it too in like 2018 and I felt the exact same way. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so opposite from what I've been taught. And Mm. right away, volume game changed, everything changed. And I was like, holy crap, like this is, this is just amazing. And it's still one of my favorite, favorite courses that I've ever taken. Yeah. And you can tell her brand's doing amazing because she was doing Mm -hmm. not what everyone else is doing. Right. And I think, Mm -hmm. I think that's just the almost like the through line of of this all is just like, don't be boring. (laughs) Don't be Mm -hmm. vanilla. And like actually try and come with a different perspective and question people's beliefs, because that's when people start to take notice. And that's when your brand starts to explode. And it sounds like your brand has done really well. I heard the great news that you hit 50,000 downloads on your podcast. Like, congratulations. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. I was, I didn't even like, I'll always look at the stats, you know, but then I was like really looking and I'm like, oh, 50 is like, that's a good, that's a cool number, you know, to hit. And uh, especially for this being something that like, I'm not monetizing right now or, you know, what I'm doing on my own time. And um, when I saw really what got me is when I saw that, you know, 20, a little over 20,000 were just from the six months. I was like, holy crap. Like wow. that. That's, that's really cool, you know. So that's really cool to see. Yeah, that, that's a huge jump in six months to yeah. get like almost half of your your downloads. I know, blew my mind. I was like, "What is happening? Is there a glitch?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> so where do you kind of see the podcast with your branding? Like, I guess, I guess the question I have is like, where where are you trying to take your brand to? Like, and how does podcasting fit within that? Yeah. Um, well, it's kind of funny because I feel like a lot of people, like when they have a podcast, it's almost an extension, you know, it is an extension of their brand and whether they're repurposing content on there or, you know, it's, it's used as a way to connect with their audience and stuff that they already have, you know, especially brands that already established a big audience on, you know, Instagram or whatever. Um, for me personally, like now as I've evolved the podcast, I want the podcast to be my brand and to be what I'm known for. So I feel like it's a little bit of the opposite where, you know, I want that podcast to be, to be what it is and grow it to, you know, there's just so many opportunities that you can do with podcasting. So, um, but you know, I still feel like it does, you know, it does, it's still, 
it's almost like an extension of my KK artistry brand where instead of just writing an Instagram post or, you know, making a video, I can give you more long form content and I can be in your ears while you're lashing or you're driving. And I mean, when was the last time you sat down and read a blog post? Like I can't even tell you the last time I did, you know? So it's like, you're able to like connect with your audience and, and while they're consuming other things and their eyes don't have to be on your content. So I think that's just like really important too, with the podcasting too, and why I love it so much. See, that's cool. Yeah. It's almost, do you know, do you follow Lewis Howes at all? Do you listen to his school of greatness podcast at all? Oh, I do. I haven't listened to an episode. I've, I've subscribed to his podcast and I've listened to him before and it's amazing, but I haven't listened to it recently. Yeah. Cause he's kind of taking the same approach where he was doing all these online courses and all these different things. But when he saw like the most growth is when he's like, I'm just going to push all those aside and I'm just going to focus hundred percent on the podcast. And he monetized mm-hmm. that. And then his brand just blew up. So it kind of sounds like maybe that's the route that you want to go possibly monetizing things and, and doing yeah, that route. Definitely. Yeah, definitely monetizing the podcast, getting something up on YouTube. Um, so there is the option. Like I'm all about people, you know, we have all these different learning styles too. Some people like to, you know, they need to see something in person. They like to watch things, they like to read things, they like to listen. So I'd like to have it available to where, you know, people can, however they like to consume content that they can listen to the podcast. Um, so I think like YouTube is great too. Like I watch a lot of podcasts on YouTube actually. You? Um, yeah. And I just, I kind of like it. There's some, like they make them entertaining you know, so I think that that could be kind of a cool flair too, to the beauty industry and like having a little beauty industry, YouTube podcast that yeah. I don't know, it's like a show. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I think it's great. Cause I think, I think because the beauty industry is so new, especially lashes, um, mm. people like it's wide open for us to make it whatever we want, but at the yeah. same time, because it is so open and it is so new, people are just kind of copying what other people are doing. And they th- feel like yeah. they can only go down one path. They're like, oh, I can educate, I can do a product line, or I can open up a salon. But you're like, no, I'm going to go this direction and I'm going to just do a podcast. And so can you kind of speak to that a little bit as far as how we can evolve with not just copying everyone else? Yeah. I mean, I think like I kind of did, um, what I posted today about, you know, these industry standards that we have, you know, and like you said, like, oh, you have to learn this. And then you're a salon owner or an educator than a salon owner. And I think just breaking the mold of what everyone else is doing. And like, we've kind of talked before is, you know, going, not being vanilla and going out and just kind of trying something new and not, and being okay um, you know, setting yourself apart, being a little bit controversial. So I think that all like wraps into it, you know, um, I don't know if there's any lash podcasts or beauty podcasts that are going that monetization route where they want that to be their thing, you know? And so for me, I feel like that's really different. Like I had, um, I have in the works where I'm going to have like a monthly subscription for, um, like bonus content stuff on the podcast, which is something that like, not, I don't think anybody's doing right now, which scares me honestly, because I've had it ready to go for like three months now. And I put it off because, you know, it still happens, you know, to me too, where it's like, but it's, it's just pushing yourself and just doing it, I think is going to be the biggest thing. And, um, yeah. See, I, the whole, like, uh, uh, subscription model with podcasts. That's really intriguing to me. Cause I've heard of people doing yeah. that, but I'm like, how do you structure that? Like, how do you make it yeah. appealing enough for people? Like, yeah, I'll pull out my credit card for that. Like, that's worth it to me. Yeah. Do you feel like you yeah, well, got something we'll there? You know, I feel like I, I truly feel like I deliver so much valuable free content and the conversations I have with people in, you know, direct messages and stuff that 
you know, it's going to be, you know, like, um, it's going to be like adding more content so they can get more exclusive content, maybe more like one-on-one content, just how Instagram is rolling out that subscription base where you can subscribe to someone's Instagram feed and get exclusive content. So it's, oh, it's kind of the of same. That. Yeah. And I don't know, I think they're testing it right now, mm. but that's something that Instagram, I saw there was one company I've seen like certain companies are starting to get access to it where you pay like $5 a month and you get these, you know, exclusive content. And, um, you know, I do think I was like, I think that's something that can do with podcasting. Like a lot of podcasts have like Patreon accounts or exclusive content where you can get bonus episodes or merchandise and things like that. And I was like, well, why can't I do that with like the lash, the lash podcast, you know? So, um, yeah, we'll see how it goes, but that's the plan. <laughs> and I, I think that it. that will be something that will probably be something that's more same with YouTube, you know, like a lot, you can monetize a lot on YouTube. So it'll be something that a lot of people will start doing. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that yeah. idea. So with these uh, people who are looking to take their brands to the next level, um, I feel like you do a really good job of like showing your face and showing up. And I feel like people really struggle with that. And so do you have any advice for people to kind of, we've talked about comfort zones and things like that. Like what's your advice to you know, show up, show your face and these different things. Cause I feel like ultimately you, your face, your brand, that's what's going to get people to actually want to work with you or listen to your podcast or whatever else. Yeah. Well, I think first things first, if people are a little bit nervous with showing up like on their stories is they need to start with showing up on their feed at least like within that first, you know, nine or six Instagram posts, like you should be there every single time. Like people should look, be able to look at the first page on your, your Instagram and be able to see you and know who you are. So I think that that's something, if you're nervous and maybe you don't post, like there's so many lash artists I see where, you know, they have this amazing work and I'm like, but who are you? Like, who are you? I don't even see you on your feed at all. Or I don't even know your name. Cause maybe they don't have their name. So showing up on your feed, I think is first, it's a little easier because you know, it's just photo, you know, maybe you take a video and then you post it, anything like that showing up there, I think is number one, if you're not already. Um, and then I think as far as with like stories and, uh, you know, reels and stuff, it's just like, do what is comfortable for you. If that's talking about lash aftercare, if that's talking about whatever, or if that's doing a silly TikTok trend, like do what's comfortable for you. And I just feel like the more you show up every day, you just get a little bit more used to it and just know people want to know who you are. They do want to know your brand you are your brand and they want to know who you are. And as far as like with clients too, clients want to know who you are before they just come into you. They want to kind of feel like they know where they're coming. And when they do see you and, you know, even if you're talking your story, they have that weird connection with you that they feel like they know you just because you're talking to your screen, but they're watching you. So they feel like they already know who you are. Yeah. It's, it's such an interesting thing because uh, we went to LashCon last year and Mm -hmm. I just felt like I knew so many people, even though I had never met them in person. Yeah. I was yeah. like, I feel like I know you, but I, I guess I should introduce myself, even though like we've had yeah. chatted in the, the past. So yeah, it's an interesting thing having that online connection and feeling like you really know the person. Yeah, for sure. I don't know if I told you, but I actually had listened. Um, I sat in on your, like uh, your, what's it called? The like little presentation. You did. Yeah. Your, yeah. Your presentation. Did you? Um, and it was great. So yeah. Oh, well, well thank you. Yeah, <laughs> of course. You know, I, I thought it was good enough to get invited to lash come this year, but apparently not. So I'm going to have to, I don't know, send some threats to Paul or something. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, that's awesome. Are you, go- are you going to lash come this year? Are you planning I am. On it? Yes. Awesome. Yes. Do you have anything fun planned with that, with, with your podcast or anything else like that? 
Yeah. Well, so last year I did like a vlog style episode for the podcast at LashCon. So I had yeah. like a little mini microphone and I think I remember that actually. Style, so that was really fun. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, so that was fun because I feel like that kind of got, that just kind of spread the word of the podcast and people were excited to be like, oh, maybe on a podcast, you know? So it was really cool to do that. And so this year I'm pretty much going to keep, you know, um, I'm going to have like some free, like little products and stuff that I'm going to drop my pen, um, that I'm going to just kind of hand out, just market, you know, network with people. And I think that's just going to be, um, that's just kind of my vibe for this year. I love it. I love it. So speaking of like marketing yourself and things like that. So with your growth in the six months, you had like 20,000 downloads, like what, what would you attribute to that? And then also to kind of follow up with that question, what would you recommend to someone who is looking to get into a podcast and kind of what would you recommend to get started? Yeah. Um, okay. So for where I think like a lot of the growth came from is I really do think like TikTok played a really big part of that, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. I just started repurposing my content that I already had, you know, for reels and stuff on TikTok and doing like my little waveforms where I would give a little, you know, snippet of the episode. Um, when I started talking, when people would ask me questions, then I would refer to an episode. I would answer the question of like, Hey, if you want to dive deeper into this topic, I do have a podcast episode on this. It's, you know, give a link and stuff. So I, I really do think that that like made a big difference because it just, at, especially then, like, I think now too, like TikTok's reach is just incredible with like the organic reach you get. Um, you know, so I do think that, and then plus just being consistent with posting episodes every week, um, being, you know, on Instagram and, you know, posting consistently too. Yeah. So, yeah, that's awesome. So, so what I'm hearing is that we need to be on TikTok. Like I, I, <laughs> I scroll through so. it and I'm like, this yeah. It really is a goldmine because like, it's not based on who you follow. It's just solely yeah. the algorithm. So you could get found really easy, especially yeah. with a niche like lashes. Cause I feel like that hasn't been oversaturated. Yeah, absolutely. And reels is doing that for us too. Now it's a better, I'm like, if you're making reels, like post it on TikTok, like repurpose it it's not TikTok. Make sure you don't have a watermark on there because TikTok and Instagram don't like that. Um, but repost it there. So that way you're still going to reach new audiences. Like the people who might cross and see your, your posts on both platforms, they're probably your number one fans and they probably want to see your content. That's why it's coming up for them. So who cares if they see it? Twice? They probably don't care. You know, yeah. they're like, Oh, there she is again. Um, you know, so it's like, if you already have content you're making posted on both is just where I would say to get started with TikTok. But, um, yeah, I do think it's just another, it's another thing that we can use. And I know people get really, they're like, Oh, another, you know, social media platform. And it's another thing to keep up with, but that's why I'm like, if you can repurpose content, then that's the place to start. Yeah. And I I like for me personally, I feel like my biggest beef, and I've talked about this on the podcast a little bit, my biggest beef with like reels and TikToks was it was just very surface level. Like it was like the lowest form of value in my mind. Cause you're just pointing at the screen. And then that's it. Whereas if you're using your podcast for these reels and TikToks, I feel like you get a little bit more depth and then you give them the opportunity to get dive even deeper with your full podcast episode. Is that kind of how you see things too? Yeah, absolutely. Like I've definitely done the trends where it's like all the little things, yeah. but you know, now it's to, they're saying, you know, it changes all the time. TikTok's now saying that they want more like original content. They don't want, like, they're not prioritizing like those little trendy sounds and stuff. So mm. I feel like that's what I've been doing a lot too, is just like talking, like say like, Hey, ask me questions or, um, you know, and then responding to them, which now Instagram does that too, which is great where you can respond video to someone's question. And then now you can do longer videos. I think 
TikTok now you can do like 10 minute clips on there. So, Crazy. Yeah. you know, you can really do, especially the podcast. And if like we get into talking about how to like, if somebody wants to start up a podcast, I mean, one podcast episode can give you so much content throughout, like for TikTok and reels. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about like your repurposing strategy. Can you kind of explain what repurposing is for people that don't know and yeah. how you approach that? Yeah. So I, um, usually like, like I said, with like a podcast episode, a YouTube, um, maybe a blog post, an email, like those are like really big. They're going to be like form content and repurposing is where you're going to like take a couple, you know, little snippets that are going to be short form content that you can, you know, put out to get people kind of a little clip or a taste of what your content is and invite them to watch more and to watch the full episode or listen to the full episode. Because, you know, a lot of people may see like, Oh, it's an hour long episode. I, you know, I'm not sure if I want to invest the time, but if you give them value within two minutes, they're like, okay, she's on to something like, let me, you know, go, go and listen to this full thing. So my repurposing strategy is really that when I do a podcast episode and I'm trying to be better at it lately too, because I would usually just make one real, like a little teaser mm-hmm. of the episode. And now I'm trying to make multiple, um, cause there's always so many good points, you know, within yeah. and like things you can grab in one episode. So I'm like, why am I wasting all this? Why am I just grabbing one. Um, so I'll just go through when I'm editing and I'll just kind of like mark timestamps of really good, solid points that I think that would like get people like give them value, but also intrigue them into watching. And I'll just cut clips of that and then repost them on Instagram or TikTok. And that's been kind of my strategy as far with like the podcast repurposing. Yeah. And I think it's, it's genius too, because I think it's easy to get sucked into like the whole social media content creation thing. And that's all Uh people do. And they're not working on these other aspects of their business. That's actually going to grow it. And they're just focusing on these things because it's, it's almost comfortable too. It's an excuse for them not to push themselves out of their comfort zone and do that scary thing. They're like, Oh, well, I'll just create this real and whatever else. But by repurposing you, you kind of streamline that whole process. And you talked about having a VA too to kind of help Mm -hmm. you along. And that's another area where they could do that for you. Right. And so absolutely, it's all about working smarter, right? And <laughs> so having a long form piece of content really helps you out. And then you still yeah. build the depth with your audience as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I just think that, um, that way it's, it's also not as scary and you don't feel like you have to make a ton of content. I feel like people think like, Oh, this is like, you have to make 10 pieces of content Well, you have probably like 25 pieces of content within, you know, that one video or that one podcast episode that you did. Um, Another great thing is you can transcribe your episodes and turn them into blog posts. So you have those people that, you know, if they like reading, then they can do that too. I haven't done that yet. I have every, like it automatically transcribes, but I haven't turned them into blog posts yet, but that is something too, that you can, you can do. It's already like kind of done for you. So it's like, why not put it up? You know? Right. And then you can utilize Google if people are searching for specific Mm -hmm. topics and you're just going to pop up just like that. Even though we just talked about how like people don't necessarily read blog posts, but if they can get like a certain snippet in like, you know, something you said in the podcast, like, Oh, okay. That, and then it kind of takes them down that rabbit hole and whatever else. So yeah, I think that's, that's genius. Are you, are you following like a pretty like set schedule of when you post your content on social media or is it whenever you feel inspired? kind of whenever I feel inspired, that's yeah. how I do all my podcast or all my <laughs> posting. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not like, I mean, with, with the episodes, like with podcasting, I have like a, a you know, a, rhythm of what I, and how I do it and kind of like a breakdown, but, um, and kind of my flow, but as far as with posting on social media, like even my, 
on my, my KK artistry page, I hadn't posted a hard post in like over a month because I just was not feeling like inspired with anything. I was posting regularly on educated artistry, um, you know, and then TikTok. I just was not feeling like, I don't know, just wasn't feeling inspired to post anything. So it's really just like inspiration based, um, as far as with like my hard post on Instagram, my VA takes care of that where those go out every Wednesday morning. I usually try to put out the reel either like Monday or Tuesday, a day or two before the episode. And then all my other reels that she doesn't do that I will do. I kind of just post those whenever I feel like inspired or that I feel like, you know, I want to. Yeah. Well, and in a previous episode, I kind of talked about consistency, but in a different way, because I feel like with anything, there's a balance to it. Like, yes, you need to be consistent. Like if you want to see growth, like, yes, be, be creating a podcast every single week, but also, like you said, like, don't force things. Cause I feel like there's an energetic disconnect too, that people can feel if you're just like creating content for content sake. So there was a time at the first of this year where I took, I took so much time off completely from my business. I didn't do anything for about a month just cause I was physically getting sick. I was not happy. I was depressed. And so I, I felt like my nervous system needed a reset. So like, I didn't get on my computer, which I couldn't, couldn't tell you the last time I went that long without getting on my computer. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was the best thing for me because I was able to come back more energized and, and ready to go and inspired. And so it's like, don't do consistency just for consistency sake, but also like, I know this just sounds like a huge contradiction, but yes, be (laughs) consistent. I, I, is there anything you want to add to that? No, I mean, I, to- I totally agree where it's like, be as consistent as you can, but allow yourself to give yourself grace and have breaks and listen to yourself. And I totally agree with like the energy exchange. Um, you know, something for me is like, I always try to stay a couple weeks ahead on the podcast. So if I like have some episodes recorded and I'm like, even if maybe I supposed to do a solo episode, I'll have like an interview one that I could switch out and that one up that week instead of the solo. Um, so that's something too, because yeah, it, it definitely shows. And especially, you know, it's hard to fake it for me. I wear my emotions on my sleeve. So it's like hard for me to fake being happy if I'm uh-huh. happy. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't want to, I just don't even want to go down that if like, I'll, you know, so that's something that's helped too. Yeah. So do you, yeah. do you batch your episodes every week or do you just do one at a time right now? Um, you know, I try to like, you know, this last Monday I recorded two, um, Mm -hmm. I have, um, one today. So I'm like three weeks ahead right now. Uh, it's not something I usually did, but it has helped a ton. Um, at least having, I don't like to be too far ahead because I like to stay like consistent with what's kind of going on and relevant, but you know, having at least two to three weeks batched is really nice to just have them done. And that way, if I do need a week off, I'm like, it's okay. I got, I got a couple weeks to spare. So yeah. Absolutely. So you, you do do some trainings as well, like some in-person trainings and different things like that. Um, and I'm, I'm in the online space. And so there's some overlap there as well. Um, but I would love to get your thoughts on where you kind of think the beauty industry is going as far as education, as far as content, like podcasts, like, do you have any, uh, predictions on the future? Yeah. With just like trainings, um, well, I think we've already seen like online space is going to be, so it's just growing like crazy and already has, mm-hmm. um, you know, I definitely know like with who I train with lash essential, we've created a ton more like online resources that artists can have access to three weeks before the course where they actually come in person. Cause I do think there's still value of like in-person, you know, training. And some people do need that. Um, but like, why can't we give them theory before? 
yeah. course, you know, starts and it's kind of the same we're doing online, but then they still get that in person. So I think we're going to see a ton more of that. Um, I hope that these one day like in-person trainings fade off finally. So, you know, yeah. we just get more value. Um, but yeah, I just really feel like it's just going to keep going, going like online. So are you seeing a benefit with your students by giving them the the theory up front and then them coming in just for the hands-on technique? Are you seeing better results from that? Yeah. And, you know, we still go over theory, like in class, it's just, there's so much to go over, you know, in, in a couple of days that it's overwhelming for, you know, as a trainer to go over all of that, plus you give them enough time to do hands-on. Um, and then also, you know, them not being overwhelmed. So I do feel like it helps because then they can actually sit there and kind of play with their tweezers, get the feel for how it is. And then just kind of like get that going. And then they can come in with questions too. And we still go over theory because I want to make sure that, you know, they have all of those foundation skills and that they're, you know, they're, they're doing everything right. But yeah, I have seen like a big improvement in how their sets were turning out at the end versus when people were just getting theory, like when they first came in and didn't have any of like kind of the background knowledge on what we were going to teach. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That was kind of like my argument. Um, when I was, you know, talking about online courses and trying to persuade people I'm like, Hey, this is the direction you need to go. And I always talk about like, Hey, you're leaving your students overwhelmed because you're just throwing so much information at them. And then you expect them to, you know, walk away with this skill set. And it's really hard to do in two days. Right. And so I think so that hybrid approach, I think it's an awesome way to do things. Yeah. I mean, cause realistically, like if I wanted to do a straight up in-person training, I feel like I'd need at least four days, but people don't do that really, you know, yeah. and, and that costs a lot of money too, to have me for four days in a row, you know? So, um, you know, just doesn't, and to, for people to take off time, it doesn't make sense, but you know, still giving them, you can give them both. So I, mm-hmm. I really like it. I've enjoyed it a lot since we've made that switch. Yeah. That's awesome. So you're before uh, we started recording, you were saying that you work three days a week with your clients. Was that yeah. a scary transition to going down to just three days? Cause I feel like, I guess really what I'm wanting to get at is sometimes we need to open up, like we have to let go of something to let better things in. So was going yeah. down to three days, pretty scary for you. Um, a little bit, but it was something where I was like, I am at the point, you know, I was working four days, which was still great. You know, I mean, I know there's last year I was probably listening there are working like six days right now. And they're like, I wish I could work four days. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I was at the point where I really value my time off and like doing, you know, going out with friends or, you know, doing things. And I was feeling like I had no time after my clients to work on the business stuff, plus work on the podcast, plus do interviews that my weekends were like getting taken away and like consumed with that. And so going down to three days, it was scary, but it was also, you know, kind of, I was like, it, it wasn't too bad of a transition really. Um, I'd closed my books for, I wasn't taking new clients about a month before that. So, and then I done a price raise. So that way, if there was anybody that fell off that I just, it kind of worked out perfectly. So that way I was able to just move down. Um, and anybody that couldn't come in, I just had, you know, maybe I switched or I was working Tuesday. Was it Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And now I work Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So anybody that could only come in on Fridays, I have another girl in here that works Fridays. So I'd either refer them to her or just, I had a couple of people ready to like refer them out to, um, because I was like, not going to compromise on that. So, yeah, well, I think it was smart too. Cause like you raised your prices as well. And so like, you're, you're kind of, it's not like you're necessarily losing out on money or different things like that, but you're still mm-hmm. allowing yourself to, you know, go after your big term, big picture goals. 
Cause I think, I yeah. think that's the hardest thing is like these, these girls in the beauty industry or guys, both, uh, right. they, <laughs> they, they have these goals, but then they're just so trapped in the day to day that it's almost just like a, a pipe dream and like, they won't put any effort yeah. towards it cause they're exhausted. And so it's almost like you kind of have to rip that bandaid off a little bit and take that leap of faith and and then just go for it. Um, cause, uh, I was chatting with Maggie, uh, two episodes ago, and we talked about her not wanting to do her online course anymore and ripping that bandaid off. And, you know, that was bringing in some good money for us, but it just didn't align with her and it didn't fulfill her in that way. And so being willing to kind of take a step back and be like, okay, this is going to hurt in the moment, but long-term it's going to be the most beneficial. So it's almost like delaying that gratification, I think is such a hard thing for so many people, myself included. Yeah, it is super hard. And it is like, yeah, it, it is hard and it's scary, especially when you're losing like income, you know, that that is really terrifying to a lot of people. So you know, that's why I always think like, if you can do a price raise, if you're in the position, if you're ready to go down, you actually need to lose some clients. So it is a good time to do a price raise because it'll be good if you lose some clients. Cause that'll open up that time. And I always tell people too, I'm like, when you have a, you know, a person that cancels last minute, or they no show you like use that extra time as an opportunity to work on the things that you wanted to in your business. You know, that, that, that was just like time given to you. You know, I will say too, it's kind of funny before I closed my books, when I was like really thinking about going back, you know, going down to three days and not taking new clients, I was like, I love my clients. I have, um, you know, it's just, it's good. I don't want any more clients. I had taken two clients on, you know, it, they reached out and whatever. They were the worst clients ever. And they were such a pain in my butt that I was like, that was the universe telling me that you need to stop taking new clients and like, it's done. You know yeah. what I mean? Cause I was just mm-hmm. like, these people are horrible. And I was like, what, what happened? So I don't know. That was just something kind of funny that I think clicked with me. I was like, all right, I'm done. I'm done with clients. So I yeah. just keep my ones I got. <laughs> right. Yeah. And you, you gotta, you gotta put yourself first. And I, I know I keep telling stories about my wife, but, um, she had, this was, this was a couple of years ago. She had, it was, I feel like it was right before the pandemic hit. Uh, she had her little nephew die of cancer. And so we had to fly out to, um, to Washington for the funeral and she had to move clients around. Um, but this client was just like, Hey, like it was like this fake sympathy, like, Hey, I hope everything's going well, but let me know when you're back in town so you can do my lashes mm-hmm. kind of thing. And so it was in that moment where she's just like, I got to do something different. Like these people are taking their lashes way too seriously. Like I had a family member die and all they care yeah. about is their lashes. And so finding those right people not bending over backwards for your clients. Cause like, they're not going to do that for you. So why are you doing that for them? Right? Like, I don't know. It's just, I think it's freeing when you raise your prices and you free up your time and you do it on your terms. I feel like it just makes things that much better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That sucks. It sucks that there's clients like that. It is. It's so true. It's like, I get it. You, you want your lashes done, but like in the big scheme of things, like you can wait a week, you can wait a couple of weeks. It'll be right. okay. You yeah. know, their lashes, like I get it. We all love them, <laughs> but it'll be fine. So. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, this has been great. Um, I think we've got a lot of tangible things for, um, from people, but, um, is there anything else you want to hit on before we kind of wrap this episode up as far as like podcasting or branding or anything else like that? I don't know. I think we hit a lot. So yeah. I think we're good. Yeah. Absolutely. So where can people connect with you and get to know you a little bit more? 
Yeah. So uh, if you want to listen to the podcast, it's called Educated Artistry. My Instagram is Educated Artistry Podcast. And then I have my KK Artistry page, which is like my main like lash page and stuff. So I have both of those. So either one, DMs are always open. Um, you can always ask questions and maybe I'll answer on the podcast. And yeah, so that's, that's where I'll be. And then, oh, TikTok, KK Artistry too. Awesome. Yeah. When you said you're like, maybe I'll answer them on the podcast. I thought you were going to say like, you can ask questions and maybe I'll answer them. <laughs> well, <you> just <laughs> leave it I'll at answer that. Them. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I think I saw on your, on your link tree that you offer, like, do you offer some like coaching and things like that too? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do a lot of, a little bit of everything. I'm honestly in a very transitional period right now. So yes, I do offer business coaching, um, like month memberships. So if you have any, you know, you're not sure like the business side and you want to dig a little bit deeper and, you know, building your business, raising your prices, getting everything set up legally with your business. Um, you know, you need help with marketing, stuff like that. Then that's an option too. If you're interested in doing like a coaching, uh, membership membership with me. Um, so I have those as well. Yeah. Well, it sounds super valuable because like you said, you've kind of done it all. You've done the salon, you've done all these different things, like you've done the training. So got a lot of experience that you can share with people and help them along, which is awesome. Thank you. Yes. Well, great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm going to link all your socials in the show notes. Um, and yeah, connect with Kayla. And if you guys enjoyed this episode, <laughs> you know, take a screenshot, tag us both and let us know because yes. it really, we really appreciate it. Um, but with that being said, thank you so much guys. Thanks Kayla. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Beauty Brand Launchpad podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, feel free to take a screenshot and share and tag me in your Instagram stories. And make sure you subscribe and leave a review. Every like, review, and share helps spread the Beauty Brand Launchpad message and is greatly appreciated. Thank you so much, and I'll see you on the next episode.